You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Um, I'll go anywhere for a potato. Delicious. This particular episode of The Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope he hasn't found out my secret. I think he has. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Uh, I'm alright. Oh, it's looking spooky out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very spooky time of year, as, as, I, as I'm sure you know. You're probably experiencing it, you know. You've probably either got uh, spooky things in your house or your neighbours have or you've got kids turning up in your doors dressed as ghosts and... Well, yes, I mean, it is that time of year. It is Halloween, which uh, is one of my favourite times of year. Although, compared to a lot of podcasters I know, uh, and a lot of people I know, um, well, you know, considering how much I like Halloween, I don't really do the decorating side. Uh, I, don't, I don't think... Well, that's not true. I was going to say that uh, we don't really do that much decoration over here in the UK, not compared to the States, but... We do. I mean, we don't, but people do. But not. I still don't think they do it to uh, the. Um, you know, when you, when you hear Big Fatty on here on his show talking about how many houses around where he lives are just besieged by Halloween decorations, it, it just. Yeah, I mean, I have had friends who've lived in certain areas where it does seem very popular, but, but I wouldn't say it happens much at all uh, around where I live. But. Uh, Still, this episode is going to be our Halloween episode for 2021. And, and, you know, we're going to provide you with a suitable amount of Halloween excitement. So, anyway, I've waffled on far too long. It's time to run the theme music. So, yes, let's run that theme music. And when we come back, we'll get we'll get all Halloween-y. Yes, we will. It's time for my old buddy, old pal, from across the channel, across the pond. Paul Chandler, the shine daddy. was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he's not all that shy and bright. Blimey, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. He's positively glowing. It's all green and easy. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> well, um, hello listeners, we're back again. And uh, we have a number of uh, special guests this episode. Um, we, we actually have um, Jay the Horn Cub here in the studio with us. But... Uh, um, I'm, uh, Jay, Jay, uh, sorry, he's just making the shh. He's just making. He's just putting his finger to his mouth. Um, Jay, Jay, what are you doing? Sorry, we're being shushed by Jay the Haunt Cub. Apparently, he's counting ghosts or something. I don't know if they've escaped or something. Um, anyway, 
Um, uh, Jay, how, how many ghosts um, have you seen today? 500. Sorry, 501. 502. Uh-huh. Okay, 503. All right. 504. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we'll get back to him later. He'll speak to us. He'll speak to us uh, later on, I'm sure. Right, what's going on now? Um, well, uh, what have we got uh, um, for you this episode? We're, well, I'm hoping we'll have some scary Sutton Park clips, uh, maybe a sort of beastly poem or two. Um, we've got Toppy Smelly. We've got um, we've got my mum. We've also got the regulars who are heading out uh, to explore a local um, churchyard to see if they can find any ghosts. Well, I mean, I don't know why they're, they're doing that, because, I mean, considering that Jay the Haunt Cub is here and he's counting them, uh, maybe it's not just ghosts he's counting. I don't know what he's counting. Maybe he's counting the sweets from the trick-or-treating he's been doing. Jay, is that is those sweets? Shh. Sorry. Sorry, Jay. Sorry. Um, right, yes. So, um, what first? Well, I think we should start off by talking to uh, uh, Toppy Smelly. Because um, I spoke to him not not so many days ago, I'd found this website which had all sorts of Halloween beasties that I I just never heard of before at all. They they're kind of all new to me, and we've done this before, this sort of thing, um, particularly with uh, the Chatterbox crowd and uh, with uh, Troby and, and Lisa and, and maybe with Martin. I can't remember now, um, but uh, anyway, this this was completely new. New beasties that I've never heard of from all over the world. Have a listen to this. Toppy, it's me, Paul. How are you doing? Oh, hey, Paul. I'm, I'm good. How about you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, it's our Halloween episode, and I, oh. I I couldn't do something for Halloween without involving you. Uh, and I've got just the thing. Oh, thank you. What? what? What are we doing? Well, I've got a list of, it's supposed to be the 13, it says 13 bizarre mythical monsters to haunt your Halloween. We've Ooh. done stuff like this before, but I was looking through the list, and it's completely different monsters that I, than I've heard for because I have done mythical beasties before but I don't recognize any of these ones so I oh, wondered interesting. if you've heard of any of these um, so let me, let me see they're supposed to be, I guess they're traditional Halloween creatures perhaps in different parts of the world um, one of them is called an adlet it says Inuit by I, I guess it, it may be um, sort of known in in that sort of community uh yeah like inuit is is a uh, uh, the name of uh, some original people mm-hmm. in hmm, the canada i think way up north yeah i think 
It says that an Adler is a human-dog hybrid with dog's legs and a human body. They were born to a woman that mated with a dog, according to a collection of Inuit tales and songs published in 1889 in the Journal of American Folklore. Um, My. Uh, it says the Adler had human bodies with hairy dog's legs, and they killed and ate their grandfather. Oh, just, just <laughs> They all had the same grandfather. Whatever, after he murdered their canine father, according to the legend. Dear, oh dear this is quite one to start with. De- deals, please... Hide your ears. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is some serious stuff here. Um, that's that's all it says, and and there's a there's a it looks a bit, the drawing looks a bit like a bat, but I think it's supposed to be like a a, a wolfy thing. But, now, uh, is it antler like spelled like a n t l e r antler? No, it's um a d l e t, so adlet. Oh, adlet. Huh. No, certainly. I've never, never heard, heard of that it. one. Never heard of it. Um, the next one I've got is from India. It's the, again, apologies for the pronunciation, the Asheri, um, but it's, well, it's spelled A-C-H-E-R-I. So I'm not quite sure how it's, uh, um, it, it uh, is an, an, an unnerving childlike phantom, which orig- originates Ooh, in Hebrew. Those are the folklore. worst. Those are the worst. <laughs> um, it originated in Hindu folklore in northern India, although apparently it also appears as a Native American myth among the Chippewa people, um, according to the Encyclopedia of Spirits and Ghosts in Modern Mythology. Um, oh, what uh, What's the deal with this? Well, it's, it, yeah, it's the... The ghost of a young girl who died under tragic circumstances. She returns from beyond the grave, descending from the mountains after dark to bring sickness to children and the elderly. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, when its shadow falls upon its victims, they fall ill with a deadly respiratory disease. Mm. It sounds very topical at the moment. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, again, I've never, this list is quite, yeah, it's just full of ones that I've never... I've never heard of it, and and the one that follows it is from Scotland, and I've de- I've never heard of that either. Um, it's called the the Nukilavi. Um I mean, that might be said with some sort of Scottish strong Scottish accent, but it's spelled N-U-C-K-E-L-A-V-E-E. So it's a weird hmm. looking word. Uh, the Scottish Nukilavi is a skinless centaur with a snout like a pig's that expels gusts of steam, a single enormous eye, and arms that drag upon the ground. Hmm. Um, <laughs> skinless, do you mean like when we look at it, it's it, muscles are exposed? Yeah, but that's sort of how it looks in the picture. Oh. Um, apparently it lives in the ocean and can kill people by breathing on them, leading them to waste away and eventually die. Maybe maybe that's what the Loch Ness Monster is. Maybe it's a nut larvae. Um a very big one. So, are they? Yeah. What's the size of this creature? Well, I guess a centaur is like usually. Oh, but like a horse. Like a horsey sort of size. So, yeah. um, but actually, I saw something. Obviously, we we do have connections with the real Nessie on this show. But uh, I, I saw that again. I mean, it's a story that never goes away. I, I never actually read the whole article, but again. Just in the last week, there was more photos, supposedly, of of of, of, ne- of Nessie. And I know it's not our Nessie, because our Nessie travels about and keeps away from Loch Ness these days. But, 
can. He may have flippers, but he can manage yeah. on land. Yeah, well, there's all these underground, you know, like oh, that's right, rivers and all sorts. So they can, it's like like the uh, the, the underwater motorway for Loch Ness monsters, but mm-hmm. um, and also a bit like Ick, um, if if Nessie puts on a hat and and maybe a um, uh, you know a, a bulky coat, then people don't they just they just don't see him or they just kind of oh there right. goes somebody. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next one I've got is from Sweden. It's called the Gulon, G-U-L-O-N. It's a fearsome legendary animal with the head and ears of a cat, a, the body of a lion, and the tail of a fox. Mm. Um, mm. This dates back to 1555. It appears in a book called A Description of the Northern People, um, and it's uh, a history, an exhaustive account of the folklore and history of Nordic countries, written by uh, Olas Magnus in 1555. Um, and, and the Gulon gorges itself on carrion until it's grossly distended, then squeezes itself between between two trees to make room for more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a novel idea. Um, there's, there's actually a pitch. Uh, there's actually a picture. I don't know if it's from this book of this thing between two trees. And it looks like it's, it's, I'm only telling you what I'm looking in this picture, but squeezing between the two trees forces it to poo. And then it gives itself more room. And Ah. in this picture, in this picture, there's little poops coming out. It's back. (laughs) I I just don't know where this picture was drawn. If it was drawn Uh, in 1555 or. uh, or Make that the show art. Yes. (laughs) Um, it, It, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's all. I don't know if it's how recent. I don't know how how recently it's been cited, but uh, interesting. Uh, the next one now is this. Trying to see if it's that was Japanese. It's called. It's very easy to mispronounce this one. Um, the the Futakuchi owner or honor. It's it's F U T A K U C H I dash O N N A. Oh, good Lord, you've lost me already. <laughs> Even spelling it, like, yeah. wow. Um, and this one is an eerie creature which looks like an ordinary woman but has a ravenous second mouth on the back of her head. Ah! Uh, it's hidden by her hair. Ah! The mouth is insatiable. It gorges on any food it can find, fed by animated strands of the woman's hair. and usually appears oh as a punishment. It does sound like some of those... Hot, you know those Japanese horror films. Um, they always have. It's always women with long hair that get involved. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> um, it's it usually appears as a punishment afflicting people who are extremely greedy or stingy, according uh, to um, a database of Japanese ghosts and monsters. Interesting. That's creepy. That's the creepiest yeah. one yet. The the next one is. Well, it's either Indian or African, or maybe both. It's called the Rompo. It looks like a. It looks like. Well, maybe it's it it described. It it's sounds got, fun. Oh, I, I wouldn't. Oh, it's my little Rompo. <laughs> well, uh, the scavenging Rompo survives by eating human corpses. Oh. Um, <laughs> according to legends that originated in India and across Africa, it's relatively small measuring approximately three feet, one meter long, with the front legs of a badger, the back legs and rear of a bear, the head of a hare, 
which is like a rabbit, um, and the ears of a person, um, <laughs> topped with the luxurious ho- no, topped with a luxurious horse's mane. It's like yeah. a right old mixture, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's just like they, it's like I don't know. Um, I don't. There doesn't seem to be any stories about what it's done or when it was last seen, but it it was mentioned in the Encyclopedia of Beasts and Monsters in Myth, Legend, and Folklore from 2016. Oh. But uh, it's a right old mixture, though. Badger's yeah. feet and uh, the head. I mean, the head, in the photo, not photo. It's not a photo. In the drawing, it looks all quite. It all fits together quite well, but. A hare is a t- is a tiny little rabbit, uh, and I don't think it would fit on on the body of a bear. But uh, it'd mm-hmm. be a tiny. So I think yeah. Um, the next one is from. This is a bit different. Um, it's called that. Where well, it's called Finn Folk, F I N Folk, um, mm-hmm. in the Orkney Isles, an archipelago off northeastern Scotland. On the northeastern coast of Scotland, people once whispered, or just once, people once whispered of the Finn folk, a tribe of, oh, I suppose once in a sort of long time, once. We used to talk about this. Uh, a tribe of sorcerers, this fin, these Finn folk, there were a tribe of sorcerers and shapeshifters who were skilled at boating and who could bend the ocean to their will. This sounds quite ambitious. Um, mm. Finn folk could live underwater or, or on land though their permanent home is usually described as a marvellous city at the bottom of the ocean, and they would venture into towns and villages to steal humans as husbands or wives, according to um, um, you know, a website um, about Orkney history and folklore. Huh. Um, sounds quite ambitious, bending actual, bending the ocean. Um, yeah. But, uh, water, water wizards. Yeah. Shape changes. Um now this one, next one is a is is um, Dutch folklore, and they're called something like Bokken Riders, um, mm. and he says little is known about them. Well, why have them on this website? Is little little is known about? Them. No, there actually is quite a lot about them. Little is known about these figures from Dutch folklore who called the name of the devil to summon flying goats that they would ride through the air to practice mm. untold acts of mischief. Yo. The name Goat Riders in Dutch was applied in the 18th century to bands of robbers that wild rumours described as terrifying flying goat riders of legend. Uh, Deals, do you know about this? Hmm. Men Deals, I'm trying to read. Men suspected of being Bokken riders were tortured and executed with accusations condemning 31 people from a single municipal town. Um, (laughs) Now wait a minute. Let's back up here. Uh, is that part of the legend folklore, or were they were? Is it documented that people really were killed because of belief yeah. in this? The men suspected of being Bokken riders were tortured and executed, with accusations condemning thirty-one people from the same town in Belgium between seventeen forty-four and seventeen seventy-six. Mm. Uh, Belgian website Flanders Today reports. Mm. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, like you know, we all know about the the witch trials and. Mm. Murders uh, along those lines, huh? That's the first. I, I other than you know, oh, you're a witch, so we're gonna torture you, and so you confess. I haven't heard. Of, yeah, I haven't heard of any other cryptid or you know resulting in in people like actually, you know, doing that. One or two more. I mean, this is quite 
good this website because we are getting to maybe this is why we haven't heard about some of them because they're all from different countries um i'm not quite sure how many of these would turn up at halloween but they're still an interesting um scary uh um bunch of beasties uh the next one i feel like i have heard of um but it's australian so i may have heard it mentioned um the bunyip definitely heard of the bunyip um Hmm. where where is this from again australia australia and and it's an aboriginal legend so i probably heard it mentioned um swamps rivers and shallow inland waters across australia are rumored are rumored to be the home of the bunyip a lanky green-furred razor-clawed creature about twice the size of the average man with webbed hands and feet like a duck um this was reported on ABC Riverland um, News Agency. In 2007, children were warned against playing too close to the water's edge, lest the bunyip catch them and drag them under to drown. That's interesting. And I think the last one we have is called the Kumiho, K-U-M-I-H-O. And this is a Korean one. It's in Korean mythology, the Kumiho is a malevolent demon, fox woman with nine tails. It's a man-eater, both literally and figuratively. She's a killer so with a, a fox woman, like maybe like a uh, like a werewolf, but she's a werefox. Yeah, is that what that do you think? She is a killer with a voracious sexual appetite. <laughs> she often consumes her conquests. Um, I think possibly we should um, hand over now to the regulars who are out there doing some spooky things. Um, they're going to be giving us a few reports, I think, throughout the episode. So we'll hand over to them. They're actually exploring the church um, right next door to where I grew up uh, in Yeti Manors. Um, and uh, yeah. It's quite possible that they'll find something spooky. Who knows? Let's hope so. <laughs> well, um, it's me, Martin Bolloway. Uh, yeah, we're in the churchyard. We're covered uh, in contact with anything that might want to say hello during this special Halloween episode of the Charlotte Podcast. Um, Comedy thinks that they might have moved out of the country into the town. Uh, is that true, Comedy? Well, it is a possibility. You know, some ghosts and things they get uh, well, they get kind of fed up of living in the countryside because the amenities are poor, and uh, they crave they crave for the city and uh, for a more exciting life, and uh, so they leave. I didn't actually realise that ghosts were uh, movable, as it were. I thought they were sort of uh, tied into where they, uh, uh, well, 
with a um, sort of, uh, well, were based originally. You mean where they died? Well, that is uh, an old wives' tale. Oh, well, that's interesting. Then we'll, we'll keep looking, we'll keep searching. Well, there we go, listeners. Jay, uh, are you going to let us know uh, what you're counting? Is it ghosts? Is it sweets? Well, have I got the wrong end of the stick? What's going on? Five, oh, five. Jay? Five hundred and still six. counting. Five hundred and seven. Five hundred and eight. Jay, what is it you're counting? Five oh nine. Shh. Shh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm confused now. I can't see. He's counting something into a box. Um, but, uh, yeah, it must be something spooky, surely. I mean, he is Jay the Haunt Club. Um, but uh, I wonder, it's a mystery. <laughs> right, I think I'm going to read you a spooky poem. I don't know if it's spooky or whether it's just, um, beastly. It's from my collection, Shayeti Goes Wild. There's, uh, you, you may have heard some of these before. I'm going to try and pick one, which is, uh, oh yes, this one. This could be a beastly poem. Uh, The Black-Eyed Growl, it's called. The black-eyed growl is a terrible foe. The black-eyed growl bites his claws, don't you know? He is grumpy and scritchy and snaps if he's crossed and loves to buy scratch cards no matter the cost. His bell-bottom flares drag along on the floor. He likes to chew babies, especially when raw. The old black-eyed growl is a candy-dazed fool. Did you know when he bathes that he does so in drool? The black-eyed growl is the size of a house, yet the poor black-eyed growl's petrified of a mouse. His musical taste is the music on phones or the clunkety-clunk of bare skeleton bones. He can't dance, he won't write, no, not even a check, and he won't kiss his wife, no, not even a peck. What the growl finds hysterical, others simply find crass. The beast, to be honest, is a pain, he's an ass. The black-eyed growl loves inciting a rabble. The black-eyed growl, too, is a master at scrabble. He likes nattering and knitting and watching the news. His neighbours retreat from the niff of his shoes. His one beautiful dream is to sing as a tenor, as the words, bad and worse, on his knuckles in henna. Oh, the sad black-eyed growl has no friend, so to speak. Even his inflatable elk has developed a leak. The black-eyed growl has a secretive side. Yes, he likes feeding ducks, and he does so with pride. He helps squirrels cross roads, and he always shares pies. Recycled loo rolls is the kind that he buys. Has no interest in smut, and in no way is he seedy. He will always say thanks, opens doors for the needy. Always flosses his fangs, always comes when they call. Well, perhaps that old growl's not so bad after all. There we go. The Black-Eyed Growl. Well, I think that it's probably time now for a spooky Sutton Park clip. I hope I can find one. I mean, there are plenty of them. That, or, uh, if not spooky, then certainly scary or, or, or menacing or, or, or whatever. But uh, I will do my best to make sure that we find something. I mean, I mean we're usually in some sort of dilemma in Sutton Park. So, uh, yeah, have a listen to this.
Whilst I'm here, uh, the, I, I, the meeting was this afternoon. It, is, it was uh, just business, nothing special. But um, um, the accommodation is nice, and actually, the room is. I'm here now until for the rest of the weekend, because I said to the people at work, um, I mean, this is before I knew that Katrina, or this business with Katrina, um, I said to them that, uh, um, you know, if I went to the meeting, I may as well stay up here as well for. The weekend, so I paid extra for the room. Uh, I do feel bad about. Uh, I do feel bad about. Um, uh, yes, I do. I feel very bad. But there you go. Oh, I do feel bad about uh, <coughs> leaving. Um, uh, yes, for leaving thingy. Yes, then Crispin and everybody. This is my room anyway. Uh, I'm actually. Um, as I got tomorrow free, I thought I might go to Leeds Castle, but it depends on the weather. It, it's not in Leeds, it's just down the road. Yes, as I said, I'm in Canterbury. I'm actually staying University of, Can of Kent, uh, Canterbury. Uh, some accommodation that they've got, for, which they have for uh, visitors. Cause it, uh, uh, big and breakfasts around here are quite expensive, and when people can't be for business, they tend to stay at the university. But I'll probably show you a bit more as time goes on. At, uh, Oh my, yes. Um, one thing which is one thing which has come to mind whilst I've been here is that do you remember my friend Paul Hillier? Yes, turned traitor and all that, working for the park. Old friend of mine. Yes. Well, this is actually the university where he was going to university at. I mean, I haven't seen him for a while. I mean. We sort of drifted apart really because of the park. I mean, he never knew that I knew that he worked for the park, and you know, he just sort of, you know, we sort of uh, haven't seen each other for a while. Anyway, this is actually the university he's at, so I'm a bit I'm not sure, you know, he might be around, um, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, I shall, that's all, and that's about it for now. As I said, I'll probably go into the castle, to my Leeds castle. Um, nice views. My, as I say, I feel bad about this now <laughs> because I mean I could go home, but uh, um, you know this business do. Even though the meeting's finished, there's a bit of social stuff going on, and um, I'm supposed to be representing the company to uh, do tonight. Um, there's a meal that I got to go to, to go to tonight, and there's another meal tomorrow night. It's, it's all you know guests from other countries and things. it's just too long story but the meeting has finished but I, I can't go back anyway but uh, um, as I say all tomorrow I've got free but it's the evening I've got to stay for and I'll go back on Sunday and, uh, oh well I'll see you tomorrow okay right time passes next morning very early though Paul finds disturbances What? Hey? Oh. 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 Judge, you in? I had someone knocking at the door. Who it is? Shall I open it? You don't think Paul Hillier knows I'm here, do you? Hello? 
below. Who is it? Shall I open the door? I don't know. I suppose I'd better do. What is it? It could be a fire or something. Who is it? Gosh, what time? It's three o'clock in the morning. Could be just someone coming back from a party. It might have gone actually, isn't it? Hello? No, I think they've gone. Outside. I said it could be some sort of, it could be a fire. No alarms, alarms couldn't be not working or something like that. Oh dear. Okay, I've got my camera so they're done. Probably. Although there definitely was someone. No, there really was nobody. They've gone if it was anyone anyway. Maybe all jumpy. Okay, I'll end up waking the whole place up. I should be safe now. Anyway. Oh my god. It's who's that? Oh my god, I left the door open they came in. I can see a figure. Who is it? It is just me. Sorry I scare you. I did not want to wake the place by talking loudly in Commodore it echo. Oh. Oh. Maudlin mummy, hello. What are you doing here? Oh Grieve, you nearly scared me after death. It's three o'clock in the morning, don't you know it? Oh, goodness me. What, what, what are you doing here? How did you find me? <laughs> me, me clever, me find you. No problem, you know. <laughs> I always find you. <laughs> I, I have a friend for you. Huh? What, what, what do you mean? My, I have someone who has been looking for you. He hurt. He could not contact you. Here, look, look. Uh, it's Barry. Yes. Barry, he hurt. Oh, oh, Barry. Oh, oh, how, how the other way. <laughs> Barry, how are you? How are you? Oh, it's just, what? Look, oh, your wing's not too good. Oh, oh, what happened? How did you find him? It's long story. I'll tell you now.
Um, I think it's probably a good time now to hand over to Cromarty and the others in the churchyard to see if they found anything spooky. So uh, here, we, here we go. Uh, hello again, Martin here. Um, just approaching the front of the church. I don't think we can get in there, but uh, not to the actual church. But, um, we can push the door and, uh, yeah. So we're in the front of the church now. Uh, yeah. As we suspected, it's not um, possible to uh, enter the church on this occasion. Um, although uh, I believe the key can be borrowed. Oh, Cromarty's here. Cromarty? Uh, uh, Martin, no, we can't go inside, but we can sit here in the porch. But uh, I'm afraid my news is not good. It rather does seem that, uh, well, <laughs> there's very few people here. Well, when I say people, I mean spirits. As I say, I think they have probably moved away. Um, this church still gets used uh, and is still visited and, up and kept up, but it does not have the sort of traffic it used to. And, uh, well, you know, uh, as I say, uh, many spirits, they want the bright lights of the city. They want to be able to go to the theatre, maybe even take a part-time job. Um, you know, there's not a lot around here to do. And I think also in a smaller town or a smaller village, you'll be noticed if you, like, turn up at a, a village fete or pop your head around the door of the local pub or even, you know, attend a local church service. You will be the centre of attention, and that's, that's not always what some ghosts want. Oh, right, I see. I didn't quite understand, because you said they wanted the bright lights and, the, you know, all that. Well, yes, but that's quite different, uh, Martin, you see. Uh, a ghost in a small town or village who might quickly be noticed or recognised even, um, that's, that's quite different from a, a, a ghost that perhaps goes to a city and can just blend in. And there are so many people that nobody nobody would recognize them and nobody would even realize they were a ghost if they were careful. You know, a ghost can still go to the theater, sit at the back. Um, you know, it just has to be a, a lot more careful, but they can have a lot of fun. But it, it is a lot more, it's a lot more difficult um, uh, if you stay where you came from. Fascinating, fascinating comedy. I'm learning so much. Yes, well, I think we better pass back to Paul. Um, yes, I don't think we're having the success that he might have hoped for, but uh, still, it, it has been interesting. Oh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, yeah, definitely. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yes, they're not doing too well, are they? Never mind. Um, Jay, any news for us? Uh, what is it you're counting? 510, big boy. <laughs> okay. 511. 512. Maybe he's... 513. I, maybe he's just calling the local Chinese restaurant or something. 500. You know how uh, the, the Chinese menu has numbers attached to it. Although he's doing a very big order. Uh, Jay, uh, get me a, 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 a spring roll or two, will you please? <laughs> shh, shh. 
Oh, sorry, sorry. He's, he's, a, he's, he's in a funny mood. He's in a funny mood this episode. Oh, we don't speak to him for ages, and then when he does, he comes here and starts counting. Uh, what is he doing? What's he up to? Uh, um, oh, well. Um, so, you've heard from Toppy. You've heard from the regulars. More to come. You've you kind of heard from Jay. We've had a poem. We've had Sutton Park. Um, I think uh, you've not heard from my mum. That's what we've got next. Uh, now, um, now mum isn't like um, like a super a super horror fan, but uh, well, I think I say that at the start anyway, so I won't repeat myself. Well, I really have, but anyway, it's a little chat with my mum about all things spooky, sort of you know that she at least likes a bit. Anyway, okay. Listeners, as you know, this is our Halloween episode. So, um, uh, uh, Mum is here. She's not like a massive horror fan, but I think she does. does you know, she's quite she's quite gory, and um, she likes thrillers and things where there were dead bodies. So, I think she's, you know, she's more she's more horrible than she thinks she's. No, that's not right. Anyway, <laughs> I can't think of how to say it. I think you you do like more scary things than you realise. I think. I think, but when you say scary, I don't. I'm not really into science fiction scary. No, although so, you watch Doctor so, Who. Um, you watch Doctor Who. That's. Yes, well, I'm not a great fan. Um, no, but you're so part. Like, you are to blame. You are to blame for me, like. What was it? Murder on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, that's 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 more like a teenage. That was made for teenagers, really. Yes, you don't see anything. Um, No, I suppose improbable, improbable beasties. I'm not keen. Would you have? You wouldn't have gone to see a Hammer film in the sixties. No. Um, But then horror, horror, or Halloween. Halloween can mean vampires and werewolves and things, but it could also mean serial killers. Or and and serial killers don't always have to be obvious. Serious. They, you know, or you know, you read enough thrillers, you must have come across the odd serial killer in a in a thriller or in an episode of Tucket or something. Yeah, I'm not very keen on the term thriller. Mm. I can't say they thrill me. <laughs> I prefer a detective. Mm. It's it's it's. Ferreting out the perpetrator. I don't know why that. When you think about it, I don't know why they're called thrillers. Because they uh, shouldn't thrill anybody. They should. They should horrify them. It's probably like, you know, where's pot? Where, where does pot boilers come from? That doesn't get used very much these days. Body strippers. <laughs> <laughs> that I just uh, you want your money back if you got your bodice ripped. Huh? In my day in the library, it was Mills and Boone. <laughs> uh, they're probably Barbara pretty. Cartland. Yeah, probably some horrible things happened in those books. They all had very elegant names, Barbara Cartland, like Red. Yeah, but there must there must have Jasmine. been there must have been some peril involved or some horrible suitors that. <laughs> 
I never read any Barbara Khan. I never read any Mills of Boone, except we used to read the last few pages when we were mending the books in the library, us youngsters. I read some early Jackie Collins, and that was all gangsters, and um, not half as not half half as <laughs> as titillating as 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 you're led to believe, but quite violent and quite horrible, or quite nasty characters. She could be she could have been known for her violent gangster books as much as the as as the but maybe she got less probably didn't sell as well as the, maybe yeah. she got more maybe she got less less violent and more later on. glamorous later on. Um what about Hitchcock? Would you have seen a Hitchcock film? Uh, uh, yes, I, I liked Hitchcock. Um though I was a bit um I could appreciate the plastic scenery um, and I, mean, I remember watching The Birds. Um, was there one called Rear Window? Yeah, that's the one with uh, James Stewart um, um, watching with a telescope or the, the what telescope. I found, that, that, talking about films, The Servant with Dirk mm. Bogard. Is that, with that, Edward, is that the Edward Fox one? Yes, yeah. that's quite eerie in a way. Yeah, well, that's she, that's that's him taking over and being being the master and, uh, yeah. and subjugating the master. That sort of psychological thriller. For one. And I saw one. What's it? Rope, isn't it? Yeah. Um, with Michael Caine. Oh, I don't. I, th- that's I, about as far. Again, this. That was Psycho. Do you see Psycho? Yes, I saw Psycho. Yes. Yeah, They're more psychological. Yeah, but those, so that's what I like. That term. That's what that's what I like. That's why I like the Ruth Rendell, the psychological ones that she writes. I don't really like. I, I have to be in the right mood for detectives because they can slow things down. I, I want. I want. I guess because with the psycho with the psychological ones, you often know who the person is, and you're getting to see them do. Whereas when you're the, you're the detective, you're missing out on all. You're just oh look, there's a body. You don't you don't necessarily see the build up, which the psychological what, ones. What has led to the person to? Um... Yeah, you get to see, or or how close they are to being caught. Whereas from the other point of view, you don't. It depends because I'm sure some of Ruth Rendell's, for instance, I'm sure she'd have a detective, but then you'd also get chapters written from the point of view of the. Per- I think she probably, she probably Blends plays around with the format. Away. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I have read some of Baum McDermid, is it? Yeah, yeah I, I don't um, think I ever have. I think she has good plots, but she's a bit over the top with her bad language sometimes, I think. It's not, not necessary. If you, have to, if you had to meet a vampire... A werewolf or a ghost or a, what else is there? Which one would you most or least like to meet? The thing is, if you if you if you met a vampire, the ghost isn't going to hurt me. It might walk through me, but and I might might make me shiver. Mm. So I, I think I'll pick the ghost. <laughs> the vampire might 
and like come to your village and move into a house and be very deb- when you're doing the paper round might uh, might be very charming. But uh, uh, yes, but as soon as it becomes, is it is it the full moon or werewolf? Werewolves, yeah. Mm. Mm. But, but uh, or if you uh, just take a potion of medicine, if you're uh, Doctor Jekyll, d- for, or for, because we're not religious people. Do you, are you, do you, have you ever had a, an experience that you would say is sort of ghostly or do you just not totally, be, not believe in them at all or or what's your view? I mean, I'm interested in them, but I also know that they're probably, it's probably, it's probably not going to meet one, but... No, I don't, I don't think I yeah, give ghosts much much room. I, not to say that I don't like reading, I, I was interested in ghost stories when I was a teenager not, well not stories but people's anecdotes mm-hmm. um, but then that was more get, again that I didn't really believe that they were experiencing that it was coming from them rather but, than yes. but on the other hand <coughs> there have been lots of instances when the poltergeist for example mm. and you do begin to wonder then about kinetic energy and Mm. But then that's getting the realms of uh, fantasy again to me. I've always, I've always felt, I've always felt the hills that side of the house. Sorry, listeners, you can't see which way I'm pointing. You know, it doesn't matter anyway. Uh, but the the hills on the right side of from where we're sitting has always been quite spooky up there. Clearbury and the mis, particularly the mismaze. And there are stories of other people who've said they've seen seen things at the mismaze. Yes, I think I think Clearbury. It's it's the. You you can see the roads in the far distance. What two miles away? Mm. But you are very isolated. I think it's and the mismays again. I think it's the isolation that would make me feel that it was atmos- atmospheric. And I think yeah, when you're in the centre, suddenly the the sounds is a sort of muted as well, and 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 I think up. That used to be quite a major bridal way, didn't it? To to uh, like Salisbury to mm. Bournemouth or Ringwood or whatever. Um, and I think there were sort of highwaymen. I can't remember how much I read that is facts and how much I've embellished. Um, but I think there was a hangman's place near the Mismays. Um, and yes, I don't know about that. It's I know re- when when the main road was. Um, they made it straighter, the road from Bournemouth through to Salisbury. Um, well, Ringwood through to Salisbury, shall we say. And they had to stop um, and let the archaeologists in because it it was obviously a burial site all along there. So, although Clearbury to us is uninhabited and um, quite isolated, it wasn't because it had a prominent place and it presumably people lived there and they could see for miles around to make sure that um, they're not going to have problems with the neighbouring tribes. It's, it's very cut off, cut off up there, those other tracks. And there's things like Great Yews, which are even further. Uh, some of these places I don't even know you can... Great Yews is... is 
if you use the term spooky, yes. But again, it's because they are such big trunks, you can't see round them, and you can sink yourself into thinking, well, there could be somebody around that behind that trunk. So again, I think it's 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 more from. I always I always liked I always liked woods when I was growing up. Um, well, I still do, but uh, I I don't know if that was put partly because Grandma had those woods behind her house. Woods with bird songs, nice. But once I get into the more dense part of the woods, the outskirts of woods, when you've got the sound of the birds, but but any woods can be quite um, solitary and silent, can't they? When they get into the thicker Places, if they haven't got many grassy glades. Those, the, the woods behind Grandma had lots of little small, like small paths going off, and I don't like really little pockets of heather and grass, didn't it, on the was, fringes? Was the wood and the wood presumably because they were quite big trees? They, they, what was it like when you were growing up with the woods behind? Did you, did you ever? Exp- they, they they were beech trees. But what was strange, and I've never asked about it, but but there was um, an avenue of fir trees um, somewhere in that wood, amongst all the beech trees. And that avenue of trees must have been put in and was supposed to be leading to to some biggish house, but I've no idea which or where it would have been. Would you, would you have got? Would you have got in the woods? Because they were public. They were public woods, weren't they? they were... um, there was public footpaths through them. Yes, I mean we used to get get into them. Somebody had put up a sort of makeshift style from the houses that bordered onto them. So so we used to wander there, mm. but from the road you would have gone up a different way. Mm. But they didn't they didn't mind. I mean it's the same with here. Um, in the opposite direction from Clearbury, mm. the Trafalgar House. They don't mind people I don't think that's got a public right of way as such, but it, it no. tells you when it's reached the when you've reached the formal grounds. It's pro- says private then. There was always a part there was always a path that I, or a couple of paths that I accept, or I thought, or I'm pretty sure there were public footpath signs. But once or twice, I did go up different tracks, which I wasn't sure whether we were allowed to go. Because there's like a monolisk um, just on the boundary of what you can then tell is not, pub- is not public or yeah. is not. Uh, and, and one of the films that, that we made when Danny and I hired our video camera in 1990 because um, it was a, a, thi- a thing that we could sort of like we'd been searching to get to it sort of thing so I knew it was there so we, we did go up the but I was, always thought I wasn't sure that we were supposed to be going up that path compared okay. to the other paths but uh, probably not um, and then, and then I, I used to explore the that that was kind of creepy the um, again I'm not sure we were supposed to or I'm not sure which bits of it we were supposed to. There's the, the old railway line um, that 
to the, the that's, we, yeah, but the way that I accessed it would have been behind Trafalgar House. Mm. That that that's it, and you could walk from. But again, I, I'm, that, I think that was okay. I don't think. Yeah. But but also, it it was a bit sort of where do you get onto it on going down the stick? You know, I think it was just, and also. So, there was some, sometimes I tried to do it where it was so grown over you couldn't do it, so I, which made me think it probably wasn't that encouraged because um, but that that was quite that was quite spooky. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, we had to stop because my dad came home from playing golf and he'd um, fallen over a fence. So uh, that's pretty scary, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'll say no more. It just can't be explained. Um, so we've got more from the regulars. Uh, Jay's still counting, but I'm not going to speak to him because I, I just, it just it just leads to uh, just leads to more trouble, doesn't it? Really. Um, I could read you another uh, uh, beastly poem, if I can find one in this collection. There's one about dragons. Why don't dragons clean their teeth? I've probably read this one before, but... Uh, but, uh, well, dragons are pretty monstrous, aren't they? Um, why don't dragons clean their teeth? Why don't dragons clean their teeth? They are just so badly bred. They could all be sweetly smelling but all have fiery breath instead. They will not floss their toothy pegs, nor comb their shiny tails. They refuse to go on diets, and will break the bathroom scales. They don't seem to care about themselves, and even less about their friends. Any pets, it seems, that dragons keep, or meet well tragic ends. Oh, why don't dragons clean their boots? They always look so shabby. They always seem to need a wash, and their tummies are all flabby. They're obsessed with being mean and with chasing armoured knights or with stealing dumb princesses, though they'll vow they've still got rights. Yes, still they'll make a quick kebab from any nincompoop who passes. Seems some dragons might well benefit from anger management classes. Oh, why don't dragons chill a bit and stop being quite so fiery? Why don't they floss or clean their boots or keep an online diary? Why can't they just be slightly nice to those who do annoy them? Then perhaps knights wouldn't try to slay them all and instead perhaps employ them. But it seems that's just the way they are, the growly dragon in its cave. It would rather just not have to brush and simply stink and misbehave. I don't know, dragons. How many dragons do you see at Halloween? Actually, funnily enough, um, I don't know whether they'll get to see it today, but I remember going in the church next door to my parents and being really excited and really kind of chuffed to find that there, in the stained glass windows, there was a uh, 
a, a dragon, a dragon. I can't remember if it was supposed to be like George and the dragon, but uh, I mean, I don't know how many dragons there are in the Bible, probably not many. Um, so I was quite impressed that there was a little dragon um, in the stained glass windows of the church. Um, I don't know, maybe the guys will mention it. We do need to go back and join them and see um, what they're up to. So let's do that now. Hello, here, listeners. We're, well, wouldn't say we're giving up our hunt, but uh, nothing has been forthcoming. Although Compton's theories I find quite interesting. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just one of those things, I suppose. Um, not uh, not um, every ghost wants to stay where they, um, where, where they were created want to a better phrase um still um that's something i didn't know uh so you do learn you do learn things absolutely um it was weird though i do get a, a sort of feeling that we're being watched so perhaps we aren't uh completely without company what do you think well you're right i do sense sense of presence so as you say maybe we've not been totally abandoned but uh, they may not want to make their uh, their um, presence known <laughs> but uh, still uh, an interesting study I think of how these things work and that uh, well you may believe one thing but you may learn that those beliefs are not exactly, uh, you know, following the line that you were taught. Yes. So, as usual, the Charlotte podcast is very educational. It most certainly is, yes. It most certainly is an education, to say the very least. So I think it's time to hand back to Paul now. And uh, yes... Uh, ooh, I've just got a, a chill down my spine. I think that perhaps it is time for us to go. Those who have remained here are quite keen for us to leave. In that case, that's exactly what we'll do. Right, bye for now. It's, it's, it's goodbye for now. I got overexcited. We've still got three more. Um, but yeah, she sounds like a bit like a werefox um, who likes to eat. With nine tails. Nine tails, yeah. Um, now this one is... It looks either Indian or 
doesn't actually say, but there's a poster which I think involves the creature that they're talking about, and it definitely looks a bit like a Bollywood fo- a Bollywood horror film or something. Um, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, can't actually doesn't actually say, but uh, it's called the Layak L E Y A K. Again, it's a woman. Oh no, I see. It's Barley. Barley. It's from Barley. Huh. Is is that it says here? Is that strange woman who lives next door to you actually a vampiric witch? In Bali, the mythical blood-drinking Layak looks and acts like an ordinary person during the day. At night, however, it visits the graveyards to search for entrails, and if mm-hmm. it can't find any there, it steals them from one of its sleeping neighbours. With the entrails, it makes a special potion that enables it to transform into a variety of terrifying shapes, including a monkey with golden teeth, a bald-headed giant. An enormous rat or a riderless motorcycle. What? Wait, wait a minute. One of these things does not belong with the others. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what's having us on. Um, apparently, it appears in that Encyclopedia of Giants and Humanoids in Myth, Legend, and Folklore from 2016. Huh. Um, riderless motorbike. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, where does it get the gold for, for, for the go, the monkey with golden teeth? Um, um, now, this was gonna, this penultimate one. This is Romanian. It's called the but Zaburator. It starts with a Z. Z B U R A T O R Zaburator. It's a winged vampire-like creature whose name means the flying thing. It's a creature from Romanian mythology that resembles a handsome, dark-eyed and black-haired young man. Or makes a change that it's a boy rather than a girl. Um, Zaburitas seduce young women and steal their life energy, draining their victims until they are pale, sickly wraiths. Again, according to that book from 2016. Um, It looks it's confusing because the picture looks like a somebody slaying a, a dragon so I don't know if, I don't know where that comes into the story but it sounds like they couldn't find art mm-hmm. for this and somebody one, said yeah. Yeah, just stick that <laughs> now the last one is from the Philippines it's the mm. Mananangal it sounds like somebody's make, making these up and not, not very, doing a very good job. It's spelled M-A-N-A-N-A-N-G-G-A-L. It's like when you're playing Scrabble, it's like you're trying to make a word out of letters that don't go together. But, uh, <laughs> um, these terrifying flyers from Filipino folklore gain their name from the Tagalog word Tangal, which means to split. Generally depicted as female, the Mananarola. Hunts for blood, <laughs> hunts for blood and human flesh by sprouting wings and severing the upper half of its body. Sounds very dramatic. It flies with its entrails, dragging along after it, sucking the blood of sleepers and feasting on the hearts of fetuses still in their mother's wombs, using a proboscis-like tongue. <laughs> wow. Ooh, comes from a book about creatures of the Philippines from 1971. Oh. Um, it's very dramatic. How does it all get back together if it split itself in half? How does it mm. how does it put itself back together in? Doesn't sound very practical. Maybe it's like a, a bee who loses its sting and then dies. I mean, it um, could be. There's some so some quite um 
it's quite bizarre. Well, it did say 13 bizarre mythical monsters, and yeah, they fit the bill. I haven't heard of any of those before. Yeah, but, I my favorite is still the the woman with the mouth in the back of her head. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's and the and her hair her hair feeds her like yes. Oh god, <laughs> a bit like a bit like our friend the uh, gorgon with her snakes. Mm. Snakes made of hair. But. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. always confused me is. Does that make Medusa a Gorgon? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I think I made a mistake when I first started writing about Gorgons that I called them Medusas, and Medusa is that particular Gorgon's name. Um, it's like it's like um, if you were a Gorgon, but you still be called Toppy, and so Medusa's, yeah. Medusa's just that particular one's name. But I okay. got confused. Um, so, so in Pickle Hollow is is your ma- major spooky creature, the giant um, uh, giant uh, gerbil? Is it a gerbil? No, hamster. Which one is it? This, <laughs> Which one is it? Ah, uh, it's it's a killer gerbil. Well, the, the real the real cryptid in Pickle Hollow is called the Cup of Chowder. Oh yes, yeah. and. <laughs> And uh, but uh, the, our fearless gerbil king has been mistaking the real life, you know, killer gerbil for the cup of chowder. He thinks it's the cup of chowder that of mythical, you know, that's the legend around here. And, um, it's a, a giant rat-like rodent that uh, terrorized Pickle Hollow area, you know, for over. You know, hundreds and hundreds of years it goes back, and, but uh, but you know he's, <laughs> anyways. Down here um, we just have your Uncle John. That's all we can. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I wouldn't wish about anybody, but bless him. He's quite mythical. Yes, uh, and and cryptid, but crypt. Let's see now. If you're cryptid, are you cryptorious? Are you you're cryptolicious? Anyways, no, uh, why why do you think? That so many of these mythological creatures or creatures of lore, what what is the deal with combining different animal parts on humans? Why why do you know you know clearly different cultures, different parts of the world, but combining animal and human and seems to be a thing. And I'm trying to figure out like, now why would that be? Even even um, when you know when some of the like that one with the the badger's front legs and but a but a tiny rabbit's head. I mean that wouldn't really fit on to. Um, but then when you think about you think about it, um, sometimes when you look at portraits of animals like that painters have done, and you've kind of got weirdly shaped cows, and you think, well, cows surely didn't didn't look like. How come there are these weirdly shaped cows from like three hundred years ago in, in these paintings? Um, hmm. uh, it, 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 it probably all tie, ties in with you know the, the the different animals that are kind of like they have the head over this, the leg over the, even though it, it wouldn't really fit. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the animals mentioned don't really have the same sort of uh, shape or size to, to to fit together. All I can think of is. That this is all about, these are all really about storytelling. And mm. 
you know, obviously we're talking about a time before radio and television um, and even books uh, where where people told stories and and every generation it would maybe change a little as the next person came along and embellished it. But I can kind of see like a, a family sitting around in the near darkness or even dark with uh, maybe a, a fireplace or a, mm. anyways, a candle. And a, the father is relating the story of not, you know, one of these creatures and some, and the kid goes, daddy, daddy, tell me what it looked like. Tell me what it looked like. What did it look like? And the father goes, it's a rim. That's got the feet of a um, of a rat. Yeah, that's it. And uh, a tail of a uh, tiger. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I can see how that how that all came around. But I, it is interesting. And if you're telling a child, they wouldn't necessarily know. But particularly years ago, they wouldn't necessarily know quite what a badger looked like, or or what a ti- or or quite you know they wouldn't know the proportions and then go, well, that's not going to work, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see you. The one, the ones that are by the sea, or you could understand how that could be like sort of myth and legend of you know what's out there beyond the island and. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, that's another part of it, and also, you know, they were used to explain things, like, like the creature that what did it do? It, it sucked the air out of babies or something, or, and you know. Uh, th- those sorts of things would really be used to explain, like, why a baby died, or you know, what it, what is it? The incubus? No, it's a it's another more we hear more about. It's a creature that sits on the chest of people mm. at night and causes them to suffocate. Mm. Um, I think that legend is also about cats. It somehow it involves cats. Cats. Yeah. sit on babies and suffocate them and but so they're used to explain the unknown um and, and it's you know clearly all about storytelling too um but and and i think ways of like the one in australia where it's like you don't don't go close to the, the river, ocean yeah. there or the river because you'll drown but it's but it's like to really drive the point home, no, this this thing will dra- drag you, you know, this monster will drag you into the water and drown you. It's yeah, the the, um, the the Aborigines have all sorts of, um, well, they there's the, the whole dreaming thing and the whole there's so, so many like so much folklore amongst the in the, Aborig- yeah. in the Aboriginal community. I once when I was in elementary school. I had a friend who was from Hawaii and and he was telling me about some of the things in, in Hawaii and naturally they're one of the big not producers but one of the things heavily involved are volcanoes mm-hmm. um, but also apparently this kind of little people um, I, they don't call them elves or dwarves, or they've got another name for it. But they're little people that cause a little mischief and stuff. Mm. And he was telling me about them, and I, I kept saying, his name was Jeff. I said, Jeff, I, 
now are are these real things? Are you telling me like how we, you know, view gnomes? You know, they're they're mythical. They're not real. And he believed in them. I mean, it wasn't a story. And he believed in the volcano gods. I mean, it wasn't just a. I, I mean, and apparently that's a thing. So that's interesting. It sounds like you're about to be attacked by a giant bird as well. Oh, you, I, you know, I couldn't tell if that was crows and your. Yeah, that was a blue jay. You know, I my windows open. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I don't want you to be whisked off by a giant. Yeah. Wiggle wiggle creature or whatever. I don't know. I and, think and it's the, a stupid name for it. <laughs> and the other thing that's interesting to me is that even today there are people who will will just tell you for a fact that they believe in the New Jersey devil or the the chupacabra or the mothman. I mean it's just there's no question about it to them. It's like, yeah, I've seen it or what, you know, whatever. And, but it's interesting that even today, I, I, you know, this, this sort of thing, these legends or folklore, it, they're still being created right up to, to now. It's, it, it's our friend Nessie I feel most sorry for having to live with people kind of, you know, but if he, if he went and did a, like a press announcement, everyone would be like, "I can't see, I can't see him. It's not that he's not there." <laughs> um, this, I heard a podcast on this one because everything, Paul, everything I've learned is from a podcast. <laughs> uh, but this is a, a great story. I can't remember where I found it or heard about it. But there was this legend. I, I'm just going to say, in America's West, you know when the West was becoming the West and being settled and it was the wild West, there was uh, one of these cryptid things that came up that people swore was true. I mean, there's written accounts mm. of this thing that did this. And it was this creature that no, you know, they couldn't explain and it had this weird shape and, you know, they said like the head of a dog or this or that. And, uh, you know, it became folklore, and and there were people that you know, I saw this damn thing, and <laughs> you know what it turned out to be? They, <laughs> the, it, it was a kangaroo, <laughs> and, and nobody had ever seen it. And I, I don't remember the story like explains like how the kangaroo got there, but mm-hmm. but it was like, <laughs> this was one that you know somehow it was eventually caught, and it was a, kang- a mm-hmm. kangaroo. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I think he, the, the legends around that, you know, just spread, and and it, there's people that still think, you know, tell the story of this creature. And the, um, anyways, I just it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, Toppy, um, I, I hope you have a, a good Halloween, and, and there isn't anything too scary that uh, shows up so. on the day. I've got uh, the tin cans uh, <laughs> dangling around the outside of the chicken coop apartment in case yeah. the capachada, you know, he'll, you know, if they rattle, I know he's out there. Yeah, well, look after yourself. <laughs> and, uh, All right, you too. I'll speak again soon. <laughs> Watch out for now. weird flying things made out yeah. of different animal parts. Yes. Bye. Either thing. It's all the same. <laughs>
Hello listeners, it is me, Robot Cuthbert. I just wanted to wish you all a very spooky Halloween. We hope you enjoyed the rest of Paul's chat with Top Piece Melly. Before we continue to the end of the show, we have an exclusive tune called Measure of a Man, which has been composed by our good friend Harry F. When Paul heard it, he thought it had a definite hint of bottom about it. See what you think. Anyway, we all liked it a lot and wanted to share it with you now. Enjoy exclamation. There you go. There you go, listeners. Um, I'm not sure it's been the most successful um, Halloween episode ever, but 
you know, we've talked about some beasts. We've uh, we've had some poems uh, about some beasts, even if they weren't really Halloweeny beasts. We've talked to my mum about scary things. Um, we've um, yeah, um, and and Jay, Jay, are you going to talk to us now? I I I've got a poem I wanted to read before we go, Jay. Five twenty. Still counting. Did you get me string rolls? He's not answering. He's, a, he's in a funny mood, I'll tell you. A really funny. Well, I'm going to read a poem about a spider. So let Aragog know. Spider's called Colin. Um, he likes custard. Not even a slight reaction. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. Let me read you this poem, and then we're going to have to go. Colin the custard-eating spider. Colin's a spider who likes to consume as he sways on his web in some dusty old room. He does not like prunes and he cannot stand mustard, but what Colin adores is a bowl of cold custard. He will not eat peaches and he can't abide cream and he doesn't think cakes are as nice as they seem. Now he won't lick the bowl for just any dessert. Note his only thick custard that can keep him alert. It is only cold custard that makes him feel merry. No, he will not eat chocolate nor some lone loganberry. Colin's a spider who's fond of his grub, but he won't eat takeaway nor have food down the pub. No, he won't sit and blab, no, he won't look disgusted. He'll just pour from the fridge a large bowl of cold custard. He will not eat worms, he can't stomach elastic. If he chewed on a shoe, things would be a tad drastic. Neither toad in the hole nor Tabasco are favoured. It's no to corn on the cob and food synthetically flavoured. It is only cold custard that makes his day better. He avoids every cheese, yes, especially feta. Colin's a spider who's fast and he's greedy. His eight tiny legs, oh so hairy, so speedy. But he doesn't act needy, he can always be trusted. Because what is good for his soul is a bowl of cold custard. He will not eat sweets, he won't choke down eclairs. He will not eat cherries in bunches nor pears. There is no way on God's earth that he gobble mince pies. And he's not one of those spiders that would ever eat flies. It is only cold custard that he'll gulp back in haste. Ah, cos Colin's a spider with quite particular tastes. I'm sure I've read that one to you many times on this show, but not for a while, I hope. Let me see. Um... Black Eyed Growl is from Rhymes Bears Steel Pies for from 2007. Colin the Custard Eating Spider is from The Shy Life. And Why Don't Dragons Clean Their Teeth? That's from Shayeti's Incredible Pie Crust Collection from 2008. I may have one more for you after the theme music. I think that's from If Poems Were Pies from 2009. Anyway, um... So, Jay, what did you make of the spider poem? You, where's he gone? Jay's vanished. What was he doing? Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's quite weird that he was here anyway. It's kind of weird that he was here because, you know, Jay lives in America. And uh, and I, I did think when I walked in before recording, hey, that's a bit weird that Jay the Horn Cub sitting in one corner of my room you know, aside from him counting things. Um, you know, was he counting ghosts? Was he counting sweeties? Was he dialing in to the local Chinese restaurant? I mean, but, but how was he even here? Why was he here? He wasn't here. I, I've either imagined it or it's some sort of poltergeist activity. It must be to do with 
former members of Blotzel or something. Um, I should have asked Toby about it when I spoke to him. Well, how strange. He's definitely gone. Maybe it's a, it can't be a ghost. Can you get a ghost of someone who's still alive? Maybe. Quite possibly. Well, it's spookier than I ever thought this episode. You never imagined it, did you? Um... Oh, now the phone's ringing. Sorry, I was about to say goodbye, but sorry, it's Yeti Uncle John, so we ought to speak to him. Yeti Uncle John, you nearly missed the Halloween episode. I'm very sorry, Paul. I'm very sorry. Uh, How is it going? It's not been too bad. We had some poems. We talked to my mum. We talked to Toby Smelly. Uh, There was some... uh, Did I say there were some poems? Yes, well, uh, it can't all be good, can it, Paul? Thank you very much. We had a spooky Sutton Park clip. And we also had uh, a strange manifestation of Jay the Haunt Cub that appeared um, in one corner of the room. Oh, like most Halloween episodes then. Like most Halloween episodes, yeah, kind of. Um, it's all gone so quickly. I heard about the others. You sent them to a cold, wet uh, churchyard. I did, yes. Well, you know, I have my leg problems. I can't. I can't be going around tramping about in muddy fields and things. Oh, uh, well, uh, the, 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 they were moaning about it. I know they were. They didn't do very well, really. Oh, no, it was, it was actually quite funny, Paul, from what I heard. <laughs> I mean, at least we're both in the dry. Well, yes, I, I, I do hear that Shame Jail is at least warm and dry. It is, Paul, it is. And, uh, I want to assure you I've been very busy. I've not done anything bad since I got back. Oh, yes, since you got back from escaping from shame jail, you are so lucky that uh, you didn't get an extension to your sentence. Oh, that would be very spooky. It would just be annoying. Um, Are there any ghosts in shame jail? I've not met any ghosts. Although, uh, when it comes to the flavour of the food, it's just a a dim, distant memory, like the ghost of a, you know... like when you have fish and chips, it's more like eating the ghost of a fish and chips or, you know, have a nice a stinkiny pie. It's more like the ghost of a, uh, a stinkiny pie as far as flavour is concerned. Oh, OK. Is it right? Uh, well, um, but no, no ghosts walking the halls at night. No, no. Uh, and no Halloween celebrations. I think we're all going to watch a scary film later. Well, that's good. Yes, um, I... I watch scary films all year round, as you well know. So, uh, yeah. So I expect I will be watching something scary, but uh, anyway. I'd better let you go. Yes, I'd better go. Oh, uh, yes. Um, uh, yeah, well, uh, happy Halloween, listeners. And uh, I promise I'll be there in person soon. Good, that's that's good. Bye then, your Uncle John. Bye then. Bye. Bye. Weird. I don't. It was like he wanted to try and say something, but but he didn't quite know what to say. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to make up some ghostly encounter in Shame Jail. But uh, anyway, that is all we've got time for. So yeah, thanks to all my guests. Thanks to Toppy. Thanks to my mum. Thanks to the regulars. Thanks to um, you know anybody who featured in that Sutton Park clip. Uh, and yeah I hope you have a very happy Halloween or a very spooky Halloween whichever one you like whichever one you request whichever one you acquire and um, we will see you again soon plenty of episodes in the can 
and uh, it's getting ever closer to a very special person who's having a, a birthday. Yes, obviously there's me, but um, no, Ick, yeah. Now, we are hoping to be going away around the time of my birthday, Ick's birthday, although obviously Ick being heavily pregnant, um, I don't know how far he wants to go. And, you know, everything's sort of going reasonably okay, pandemic-wise, in the UK. At least we are able to get out. So unlike last year, where we couldn't go away, this year, there might be some chance. But who knows? Who knows what might turn up to scupper the plans. But um, we'll see how it goes. And uh, anyway, yes, yes, right, that's it. Um, Bye for now. Okay. Oh, have a very spooky I'm so sorry. It did not go quite as we planned. I, it, it's fine. I mean, I, I just sent you out into a spooky uh, graveyard. That's all we need to do. I mean, just because there wasn't that much out there that was spooky. Uh, we did try our best, Paul. I know, I know. I, I think, yeah, you did. you did very well. Thanks, Paul. It's just, this is the trouble. Uh... We sometimes we see ghosts. Sometimes uh, we don't see ghosts. And uh, yeah, I mean, when I was talking to my mum, you know, I, I didn't want to let on that uh, uh, how, how much we have hung out with ghosts over the years, because ultimately, oh, it's difficult to believe in these things sometimes. Yes, Paul, I know. Well, <laughs> believing in things and fact and fiction and uh, whether or not you should or shouldn't or or whether you believe in just bits of it or some of it or uh, well you know it's, it's it's a difficult thing paul it, it is i heard from your uncle john by the way is he having a good halloween kind of he always seemed disappointed when i asked him if they had ghosts in shame jail oh do they nope not a single ghost but uh, they're gonna watch a scary film well that's something isn't it and have you heard from Ick? Um, is he doing okay? We were, uh, I was talking about um, the birthday trip in a week or so. Oh, yes. No, he's resting up. But, uh, you know, uh, Halloween's a funny time for him. Yes, yes. He lives in 24-7. <laughs> you know, just being on Earth, seeing all us horrible, bizarre-looking humans, it's, it's scary enough for him. I guess so, yes, I guess so. Well, thanks, thanks you two for doing your best, anyway. Uh, it's fine, Paul, no, no problem at all. Oh, I can hear the theme music, better go. Yes, Paul, yes, uh, well done on your Halloween episode. Thank you. You heard about the mystery about Jay the Haunt Club? Well, yes, Paul, most bizarre, very weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, bye for now. Goodbye, Paul, goodbye. Uh, yeah, G- goodbye, Paul. I've got to go now! Bye!
This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Uh, one last poem. It's not particularly scary, but I like it. And um, it's about mice um, tap dancing. I think if you saw a mouse tap dancing, you would be at least slightly uh, scared, uh, stroke bemused. So yes, uh, mice tap dancing. There are many sounds that are hard to bear. The thud of furry paws upon a creaking stair. The booming echo of rhino skipping. Chalk's blackboard squeak, a drag queen tripping. The din of drakes off to a wedding. The creeping itch of measles spreading. But worse still than that, a din quite entrancing. The rat-tat-tat of mice tap-dancing. It's a noise that gets lost in your head. A sound that simply can't be shared. Less tuneful than a walrus singing. More annoying than a cold caller ringing more ghastly than the ghost of mother or the bio of a teenage brother. It shakes the ground more than girl guides prancing. Oh, the rumbling cacophony of mice tap-dancing. There are many sounds which drive you frantic, the groan of pleasure when it's tantric, the sound of folk unkindly mocking, of OAP's knees gently knocking, the shudder of a mammoth jogging, the squelch of lips so rudely snogging, but more hellish still with a blow that's glancing, the plod, plod, plod of mice tap-dancing. It's not a noise you'll grow to like, like the squeak, squeak, squeak of a rusty bike, like a milkman's whistle or a cat's late-night howl. Mice tap-dancing sounds are always foul. It's the thump, thump, thump and the dozy doe, but I have a cure, you'll be glad to know. But it's not to kill them, so put away your clippers. The only thing tap-dancing mice require is comfy slippers. There you go. Bye for now. <sighs> the best part of the Shy Life podcast is when it ends. <laughs> Hello, this is me, It's the Alien. Just wanted to say hi. Oh, gosh. I hope you had a happy Halloween. I'm sorry I couldn't be there this episode. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, it's all quite disturbing. <laughs> oh, and I'm just uh, keeping my feet up at the moment. But uh, I hope you had a lovely time, and I'll be back soon. Yes. Take care. I love you all. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye-bye-bye. I don't care what he says. Cromedy is evil. He's a villain. No, mark my words. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps that old growl's not so bad, after all. I've heard the calls extremely nimble. Eighty, eighty, four hundred and eighty, five hundred and eighty, a 
Halloween episode? What Halloween episode? Wait a minute. Did I miss a Halloween episode? That's very unlike me.